0: Heyo! What's up guys? Thank you for tuning in to the 6th episode of the NBN Fantasy Football Podcast where I talk everything fantasy football to get you guys to that fantasy football championship. When? At the end of the year. Got a pretty good show for you guys today. Um, I just want to start by saying that didn't realize there was no Thursday Night Football last night. I kind of just assumed there would be because... It's week six. Why wouldn't there be uh, Thursday Night Football? But I guess with the schedule changes because of COVID, the NFL decided to move the Thursday night game. I don't know what it was, but in my last podcast, I said, the last episode, I said that uh, I would recap Thursday Night Football. But being that there's no Thursday Night Football, what is there to recap? So... That's not going to be talked about in this show today. But instead, we're going to add a new segment that I would like to introduce later in the show. You'll get to see that in a little bit. But uh, I'm going to talk about Le'Veon Bell, former New York Jet Le'Veon Bell. signs with the Kansas City Chiefs on a one-year deal and how that's going to, imp- um, how that's going to affect Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the Ch- Kansas City Chiefs offense. Then I'm going to talk about injury updates like I normally do on the Friday episode. I'm going to preview my teams going into the weekend. going to talk about the usual back of the mind and comeback season players. And then the last segment I'm going to end the show on is something I've intru- I'm have introducing. Uh, this is the first time I've really started to do it, so I want to kind of just like put my foot in the water and like test the waters out a little bit. It's uh my DFS lineups on DraftKings, so now that I'm a big boy, I'm an adult now, I can play Dan- Daily Fantasy for money. Maybe I win some money, maybe I don't, but just trying to get into it, practice, get myself better every week. So, without further ado, let's get into it. So, as for Le'Veon Bell, man, as a Jets fan, it it, it stinks. I can't tell you that enough because he he was going to be a really good player. And whether he's getting paid $16 million or $2 million, Le'Veon Bell was the best player on the Jets when they signed him. But, you know, stinky old Adam Gase ruined it again like he's done ton of other things, whether it's been in Miami, whether it's been in New York, he just ruins everything he touch. It dies. Everything that goes to him dies and then comes back to life when he leaves or they leave him. Somebody said it, said it perfectly. I can't remember who it was, but it was someone on ESPN. I think it was Marcus Spears. I think that's his name. He said on ESPN the other day, Every offensive player should get the hell away from Adam Gase, and I couldn't. I couldn't agree with them more. Adam Gase is a clown show, perfect for the Jets organization. But this isn't an Adam Gase rant. This is a Le'Veon Bell situation that we're dealing with here. The Jets cut him on Tuesday, after a year and a half of him being on the team. He had a two and a half years. He had two and a half years left. On his contract so after the season he would have two but I mean it was rumored anyway that he was going to be cut after the season anyway because of his enormous cap hit but he has his nine million dollars in guarantees that's not going to change but other than that he's off the Jets book and it really stinks because I loved Bell even he even because he didn't like do anything really last year but Man, it it stinks. So, yesterday, it is announced by Adam Schefter, while apparently Twitter was down. Didn't realize that happened. On Wednesday, November, October 15th, Le'Veon Bell had signed a one-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs after reportedly finalizing his teams down to the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Chiefs. Funny how... All of those teams play the Jets at some point this year. Weird. Hmm. Um, so Le'Veon Bell is now a member of the Kansas City Chiefs, but he will not play this weekend because he has to go through a five-day COVID thing where I think he has to like test po- test negative, can't test positive, test negative a couple times. So as of right now, C- C-E-H Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is safe for this weekend, but going forward, I would be worried if I was a CEH user or not user but uh, owner because Le'Veon Bell is such a talented talented running back even though he took a year off and he's been playing like garbage on the Jets he's on a better team with a more competent head coach who just won the Super Bowl for the first time he's such a He is an offensive guru. He is a true offensive guru. Offensive brilliant mind, whatever you want to call it. Um, Adam Gase is not. So Andy Reid will utilize Le'Veon Bell how he's supposed to be utilized. Maybe he's going to be used in the slot now that Sammy Watkins is hurt um, and he's going to be out for a little while. Maybe they put Bell in the slot. Maybe they do a dual running back threat maybe they run a read option read option yeah triple option um and screens and stuff like that because now the Chiefs have a way better offensive line than the Jets and that's what Le'Veon Bell needs Le'Veon Bell needs time for the offensive line to block up front create some holes and Le'Veon Bell just waits in the backfield and once he sees a hole he hits it no problem that's what he did in Pittsburgh. That's what he failed to do against the Jets because the Jets had horrendous offensive lines the last two years. So his playing style did not fit the style of the Jets, and that's why the Jets failed Le'Veon Bell. The Le'Veon Bell didn't fail the Jets. The Jets failed him. Because he was dying to come here. I remember staying up till like midnight on the day that he was like supposed to sign or like the day free agency opened and he released an album and everybody was like trying to listen through the album to see who he would sign with and how crazy that was and then i remember him signing the four-year deal with the jets and i was just like yes but that went down the toilet because mike mccagnon the old jets general manager was the one that signed him when Adam Gase didn't want him. I don't know why anybody would not want Adam uh Le'Veon Bell, but Adam Gase is an absolute moron, so whatever. But as for Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I would say they his workload probably gets cut um now that Bell is coming into this situation and to think he wasn't Other than the week one game where he had over 130 yards and a touchdown, he hasn't really accumulated 60 yards in any of his games this season since on the ground. But he has totaled at least 80 scrimmage yards. So he'll still be utilized in the passing game, and it'll just make the Chiefs' offense that much more dangerous. But the fact is Le'Veon Bell is... A seasoned veteran in this league and he knows what he's supposed to do and CEH is a rookie so take that for what it's worth but if you have either of those two guys you'll probably be fine anyway Um, because both are great pass catching options out of the backfield so that does it with the Le'Veon Bell status and the whole status of the Chiefs next I'm going to get into the Injury updates for the weekend. Alright, so to get into the injuries going into this weekend, just a little preview of it. Um, not a lot of injuries to begin with. There's a quite a few wide receiver injuries, but um, there are certain guys that we obviously know that aren't going to play on Sunday slash Monday. But the, yeah, so these are the guys that are just like, they're, they might play, they might not play. And how they're looking for sunday but without further ado let's start off with the quarterbacks as we usually do we're going to start with the only quarterback on this list whose injury that um is kind of notable is uh baker mayfield he has a chest slash rib injury and he's listed as probable he there's not really a chance that he play doesn't play especially with a big game against the Steelers. Um, it's very unlikely. Regarding um, Without a setback, um, he's going to play. So I wouldn't worry about that. Now, on the other hand, going to the running backs, this was just announced, I believe, either yesterday or today. Uh, Dalvin Cook, who got injured on Sunday, left the game, uh, came back for a little bit, tried to test it out, and just couldn't, couldn't play through it. Has a groin injury, like we, as we know, and he is listed as out. He is not playing this weekend, so it's the Alexander Madison show. I'll get more into him, go later in the show. But next we have uh, Christian McCaffrey. He's still on IR with an ankle injury. Um, it was. Said that there's a chance that he might come back because it's been three weeks since he's on IR, so he could be activated. But Carolina's thinking, Nope, we're not taking any chances. You're going to wait till you're uh, close to 100%, and then we'll play you then because Mike Davis is still is a stud right now. So there's no point in rushing McCaffrey back when they have a great replacement in Davis. Next, we have Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt has a thigh injury. He is listed as questionable, but it's looking like he's going to play. He's trending in the right direction, Practice Thursday and Friday in limited fashion, but no real reason to uh, doubt him for playing. The next guy I'm going to talk about is a little interesting just because he's he has – sorta of, he's not really injured but his status for Sunday is up in the air and that's Melvin Gordon Melvin Gordon uh this week on Tuesday was arrested uh for a DUI and um he didn't practice on Wednesday I believe and then he was sent home today with an illness non-covid related so he his status is up in the air now because it was like Denver was thinking about not even playing him and probably suspending him a game the the team at least anyway, so um i I can't imagine he does play, even if he doesn't get suspended by the team. What I'm thinking they might do is they might suit up might have him suit up, but then make him watch the game. On the sidelines so he won't play at all but he'll be on the sidelines dressed just to like probably make him feel like i could have been out there you know make it hurt even worse so that will do it with the running backs now we're going to get into the somewhat lengthy receiver receiving list of injuries it's not that bad but kind of a lot to go through here so we'll start with uh Julio Jones, this one comes at a little bit of a surprise. He has a hamstring injury, as we all know. He missed the game last week. But he it was announced probably about 20 minutes ago at, like, 4 o'clock that Julio Jones does not carry an injury designation going into Sunday, even though he didn't practice all week, except for today, I believe. Um, he hadn't practiced since last week, and... While I was making this, I was like, there's no way Julio plays. I'm just – it he hasn't practiced all week, so what? how does that make any sense that he's going to play? But I guess the co- the new coach of the Falcons determined that Julio's all right and he's going to play. That's good for him, I guess. Um, so Julio Jones will be playing against Minnesota. The next guy I'm going to talk about also – was announced earlier today but i didn't really have that much doubt he wasn't going to play uh it's mike evans uh he injured his ankle a couple weeks ago and uh he's listed as probable but he's going to play he also has no injury designation there were three guys that Schefter tweeted that had no injury designation and um the third guy i'll just i'll just mention it now it's chris godwin he had a hamstring injury, but uh, he'll probably play. It sounds like he'll play. So uh, the Buccaneers get their entire receiving core back. Good to see for them. And, um, yeah, that'll uh, do it for Chris Godwin. So um, the next guy who was injured, who seems to be a, one of our recurring guests on this podcast, it's none other than Poop Boy himself, Odell Beckham Jr., Last week he had a toe injury, but this week he was sent home today also with a non-COVID-19 illness, which is kind of strange. I don't remember any a lot of these players getting sick uh, during the season. It could just be me or it, I guess. I, I don't know. It just seems like there's been a lot of like illness-related injuries that all of a sudden now there's COVID and now everybody's getting sick. But they say it's not COVID, which is kind of weird. Maybe it is COVID. I doubt it, but it's a little sketch, a little sus, as we like to call it. But, um, yeah, his status is legitimately questionable. I have no idea if he's going to play or not. I would assume because it's Odell, he's going to toughen up and play through it, being that it's non-COVID. So expect Odell to play. Another guy that's has been uh, a little injured recently, but he is designated as good to go, is Devontae Adams. He injured his hamstring a couple weeks ago. They didn't put him on IR because he was testing it out. He was a game-time decision a couple of weeks ago. Green Bay had their bye last week, and he practiced fully all week, indicating that Devontae Adams will play this week against Carolina. I think Carolina. I believe it's Carolina. No, it's not Carolina. Tampa Bay. T- it's Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrong NFC South team. Um, so yeah. Next guy I'm going to talk about is DJ Shark, who injured his ankle on Sunday's game versus the Texans. Um, I wasn't really sure how he was going to practice this week. He practiced a little bit this week, but it's he's tr- it looks like he's trending in the right direction of playing at least in some fashion on Sunday, versus Detroit. Um, so DJ Chark looks like he's going to be able to play. Next guy is Poop Boy's teammate, Jarvis Landry. He's been banged up a lot recently. He has a rib injury, and he's also listed as probable, questionable. He's probably just on the injury report just because he kind of has to be, just because he has like a little bit of an ailment. But nonetheless, Jarvis Landry really isn't in any danger of not playing, so anticipate him playing this weekend against Pittsburgh. Uh, the next guy on this list who's also been mentioned a little bit on this list is Julian Edelman. He still has his knee injury, and uh, he's listed as probable. He, Because of the bye week last week and the whole COVID situation, it seems like the extra time off really helped him, so... The uh, knee injury really shouldn't be a problem going into the game against Denver. Uh, The next guy I'm going to talk about from the wide receivers is Deontay Johnson. Now, Deontay Johnson had a back injury. He left Sunday's game against the Eagles, um, did not return, and it was announced today by Schefter around 2, 3 o'clock that he is out for this game. So look for Chase Claypool. To pick up the load a little bit, Juju Smith-Schuster, look for him to have a breakout game now that Deontay Johnson's uh, not taken as many carries against a pretty bad, I would say, pretty bad uh, Cleveland Brown defense. I mean, Denville Ward is pretty good, but other than that, nothing really, nothing really special. Juju works out of the slot, so... Uh, that does it for him. Darius Slayton has a foot injury, but he's listed as probable. Really, don't see him missing any time. He had a decent game against Dallas. I think it was it was one of his ba- only one of his only good games of the year. But uh, against the Redskins, he's uh, probably gonna. Oh shoot, the Redskins. Oh shoot, R word. The football team. Excuse me. Uh <laughs> So, Darius Slayton, foot injury probable don't don't worry about him not playing, and then finally, we'll get to the tight ends. There's three. I got Johnu Smith, who has a quad injury. He played through it, I guess. I guess he really didn't have any trouble with it because he caught two touchdowns on Tuesday Night's game. <sighs> that's still so weird to say. Tuesday's game against uh Buffalo. So he's probably going to play, wouldn't see him not playing against Minnesota. Minnesota? No, he's not playing Minnesota. Who are the Titans playing? Why am I drawing such a blank on this? Houston. That's right, Houston. So the next guy uh, that I have on this list is uh, Noah Fant with an ankle injury. He injured it in the Thursday night game against the Jets. They said he's week-to-week, but Vic Fangio uh, said that it's probably 50-50 if he's going to play, which is kind of a good sign because if he doesn't play this week, it's more than likely he's going to play next week. So if uh, Noah Fant does not play this week, uh, look for um, guys like Judy, Tim Patrick to uh, step up the role if Noah Fant does not play, even though the receivers. But you know what I mean. And the final guy on this list is Hayden Hurst. He has a back injury. He hasn't really been that reliable or relevant, I should say, this season. He seems kind of touchdown dependent. Uh, In the games he has a touchdown, he's been really good. But in the games where he doesn't have a touchdown, he doesn't have many catches or yards. So Hayden Hurst is... Somewhat fantasy irrelevant at this point, but a big game versus Minnesota. That is who's that is who's playing Minnesota, the Falcons. The Falcons are playing Minnesota. Um, so maybe he has a big game against a bad defense and gets back on track like the whole Falcons offense really needs to. So that does it for the injury report. Okay, so to preview my teams that I have, um, I'm a little worried because of the amount of players I have on by plus the little scare that the Colts had today about the positive test but luckily they were false positives um, so going into um, my ESPN league I have um, the one against my friends that I'm 4-1 and one in uh, I just recently made a trade don't really know how good it is, but to be f- to be honest with you, I I probably overpaid. Um, looking back on it, I don't think it was something I probably should have done. But if I'm gonna be honest, it doesn't really matter because when everybody's in my lineup and healthy, I will uh, I'll be fine. So I had Dak Prescott as my quarterback. Obviously, I couldn't use him in a two-quarterback league. So I went on the free agent wire, waiver wire, whatever you want to call it. Cam Newton's sitting there. So I picked up Cam Newton, and now he and Deshaun Watson are my two quarterbacks. Um, so, oh, yeah. So let me, let me get into this trade. So I agreed to trade Derek Henry, DJ Chark, and Odell for Christian McCaffrey and Sammy Watkins. Now – um, where do I begin? I originally offered him Derek Henry and Odell for Christian McCaffrey because I mean, I wanted to get, I've always wanted to get rid of Odell just to get him out of my hair. I just don't know what he's going to do week by week. So by just getting rid of him, he's out of my hair. I don't have to worry about him. Um, Plus, there's so many good wide receivers that are still, like, available in free agency. Like, um, I just saw, like, he picked up – or he had McCaffrey on IR, so he had to drop two guys. He dropped – who was it? He dropped Robert Woods and – let me let me see who else he dropped. It'll it'll say in the league feed. Um. Let's see full activity. He dropped. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Oh, it doesn't say who he dropped. I think it just says. It's going to say that he dropped. It was definitely. Um. Robert Woods, maybe let me look at his team, and then I'll be able to tell, like, from remembering. Uh, Oh, I think it was Devontae Parker. I think that's who it was. Or, no, it was Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown. So, I'll probably just pick up Robert Woods, um, because he's really not that bad. Robert Woods is pretty good pretty reliable um i mean he's only had really one bad game against the giants but the whole team really did i don't know why he would drop robert woods but uh so i'll probably just pick him up when he's available and that'll be that'll be that i won't really have to worry about that but that's my four and one team i actually play that guy this week which is kind of funny um that should be a good matchup we're one of the two best teams in the league um, but the bye weeks have killed me. This week, the shifted bye weeks, the Chargers, the Seahawks, the Saints, and the Raiders. I don't have any Raiders players, but um, that's just killed me in general. My five and O team is actually really good. I really don't have any problems there. Um, I have my top three receivers are unbelievable: Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and Ridley. I have to play Ridley in my flex just that's because just how good my team is not to mention I have Kittle and James Robinson and Kyler is my quarterback Josh Jacobs is on bye. so like this team is absolutely stacked this team's 5-0 and and they're playing I'm playing a guy that just doesn't pay attention to his team like he has Breeze still in there he's Waller still in there um, he's Daryl Henderson Will Lutz He's only projected 81, and I'm projected uh, 143. So I think it's pretty likely I'm going to beat this guy. But that does it with that. And then in this other league, the other ESPN league that I'm in with a couple of my other friends, um, I offered this guy a trade that I thought was pretty fair. Or maybe it wasn't. I don't remember. I don't exactly remember what it was. But I remember offering it. And I guess it expired because the guy, who I guess, doesn't pay attention to his team. Which is kind of weird because he's 4-1. F- and one. Um, Yeah, I guess he hasn't really paid attention to his team. It's, he still has, like, guys in his lineup that are on by. But he needs a running back. And I offered to trade him one of mine for a receiver of his. But he hasn't gotten – I guess he hasn't – because he has great receivers, but his his second running back is Latavius Murray, which is obviously not good. So I try to offer one of my running backs for one of his great receivers because I have a couple – I have a lot of good running backs. I have CEH, Robinson, uh, Kamara. I have Bell still, Ronald Jones, David Montgomery. I have so many good running backs that I just – I can't do anything about it but that's not here nor there and then in th- the league that I'm absolutely just dreading because I'm going to get freaking killed this week is the CBS league this is the league where the buys have been killing me because I have Michael Thomas I have Keenan Allen Russell Wilson um, and yeah that's it that's all I have on my bench uh, I originally had Josh Kelly but I dropped his I dropped him because he stinks. Um but ah uh, just I need guys to absolutely outproject what they're supposed to because I'm just looking to get crushed. Um I have to play well we only have 5 bench spots in that league and 3 of them are taken up by the guys on bye and then the other two is Debo and Noah Fant. So I don't really have much wiggle room here. I don't know if Noah Fant's going to play, so instead I put Trey Burton. I'm banking on Trey Burton this week. Um I'm also ban- banking on Preston Williams. The, both of those two are probably going to get dumped after this week just cuz I I really needed um I just absolutely needed somebody and i don't really feel comfortable with debo just yet especially since he's playing the rams and the rams uh secondary is really good with ramsey and all that so i'm a little iffy on playing debo right now maybe next week uh is something else that we can start to see like maybe um I'll play some of those guys like a Tom Michael Thomas will probably be back Keenan Allen will be back from injury and then I'll obviously play Russell Wilson like it's no problem so um, just need to get through this week and if I can come out with uh, a win here because I really need it because then if I lose this week I've lost my last three games and uh, I lost two guys one and four who's really not that great but the bye weeks are killing me like I knew they would when I set up the draft. I knew weeks I thought week seven and week ten would be my worst, but just because of these these changed buys now that now week six is is absolute hell for me. Week seven's gonna be like that too. Week nine is gonna be a little bad. Um but yeah, the bye weeks are killing me like they kill everybody, so That'll do it with the previews. Hopefully, I can get a couple wins. Hopefully, stay 6-0 and on one of my teams, and then we'll go from there. So, wish me luck. And next, we'll be getting into the back of the mind. So, to get into the back of the mind segment, I like to start with uh, the guys that um, you should consider this weekend. Just keep in the back of your mind for the waiver period on... Wednesday, because it's going to be Wednesday now. Because there's no games on Tuesday, so uh, these are some these are four guys you could should consider if they have a good game, pick them up, maybe store them in your your roster, um, just so no one else can get them. Um, but yeah, without further ado, we'll get into the quarterback. And the quarterback I have on this list is Kirk Cousins. And something I added in this that I probably should have before. Um, I'm a, I, am i am saying how many how, the percentage of the Jesus Christ can I speak, the own percentage, of, him in that league so like Kirk Cousins is owned in twenty two percent of ESPN leagues, I'm just using ESPN because that's the typical league that everybody plays on, or that's the the particular site I should say, so Kirk Cousins is obviously playing the Falcons, terrible, terrible defense. Um, but his stats aren't really as bad as they seem. He's he's kind of had a bad couple bad first, first weeks. Um, didn't really live up to the hype as he should have against Seattle, but let's be honest, the conditions of that game weren't really ideal for quarterbacks. It was raining, the ball was slippery. But uh, Thielen had a nice day, though. But anyway... He is eleventh in yards per attempt out of every starting quarterback and he shockingly is second in yards per completion. So he th- he likes to chuck the deep ball a lot to guys like uh, Jefferson and Thielen and um even Irv Smith a little bit. But I have to admit Kirk Cousins is a little bit matchup dependent. So he's a decent buy he's a decent backup for uh guys if you have on buy. So, if you want to store him on your roster, like say you have a guy coming up in a few weeks that's on buy, um Kirk Cousins is probably a good option for you i wouldn't I'm playing Kirk Cousins this week because I have Justin Herbert on buy, like I said, I'm anticipating a decent game from Kirk Cousins and hopefully going forward the same. So the running back I'm going to talk about is the is one of the guys I had last week, but he didn't play, so I have him again. It's Damien Harris who's owned in 42% of ESPN leagues. Like I mentioned before, he had a great game versus Kansas city at 17 carries, a hundred yards, uh, really the lead back in that offense with no Cam Newton. So I'm kind of wondering how that's going to shake up now that Cam Newton's going to return from COVID on Sunday against Denver, who has a, like a pretty decent run defense also. So, Really, the only competition he has is Rex Burkhead, um, and that's the thing. Like, you don't know who's getting the ball. So, um, if Damian Harris starts to like separate himself from Burkhead, uh, obviously Harris will get more carries, uh, get more red zone carries, goal line carries, and stuff like that. And it it definitely helps that New England runs the ball a lot. There, before last week, or before this week. They were second in the league in most rushing yards per game. So um, that just goes to show you that uh, New England is a very run-heavy team, and they're not afraid to ground and pound that ball. So moving on to the wide receiver, uh, I have Preston Williams of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, He's owning 39% of ESPN leagues. Um, and he's coming off of a big game. He had four catches on five targets for 116 yards and a touchdown against, um, who did Miami play last week? Why can't I remember this? Give me, um, but yeah, um, Preston Smith, uh, he was playing really well at the end of, uh, while he was playing last year, he had a torn ACL in week eight, I believe. And I think it was against the Jets, uh, if I, if I remember correctly, I remember watching that game and Preston Smith going down. Oh, duh. Um, the Dolphins played uh, the 49ers last week. How could I forget about that? Um, but he's uh, Preston Williams was a really good receiver last year before coming off, before tearing his ACL. And usually when a player tears his ACL, it takes a little while to get back into football shape. It takes a couple of weeks for him to really adjust and make those cuts that he needs to make whether you're a running back, receiver, quarterback, tight end, it doesn't matter. It takes a little bit to get used to um that surgically repaired knee in a ga- in game speed, especially since there was no preseason, he couldn't um he couldn't work on that then. So uh but some good things about uh Preston Williams that don't really show up on the stat sheet. Is he's tied for the most red zone targets for wide receiver on the team, and that goes to show because he's six five, he's a big body, so he's a great target for Fitzpatrick or Tua going forward. Um, and he's playing the Jets defense, who is absolutely terrible. It, it ESPN lists them as the 18th worst, 18th best, so like not good versus wide receivers, but as a Jets fan, it's way worse than that. He's going to be on probably Lamar Jackson, defensive back Lamar Jackson, who's an undrafted rookie out of Nebraska, I believe. And then Pierre Desir is probably going to be on um, Devontae Parker most of the game. So Preston Williams is going to have a great matchup uh versus on the other side of Desir. Um but not only that, he he has an average depth of target of 14.8 yards. So um, most of his targets are the deep ball. Um, being that, like I said, he's 6'5", big stature. He can win those 50-50 balls a lot. And uh, he leads the team in air yards with like, like 300-something, I believe. It's more than Devontae Parker and... Um, Gasicki, the two most threatening targets in that offense, so that does it with Preston Williams and the final guy I have on this list is someone who I mentioned last week, not last week but two days ago, I guess in waiver pickups um that I think is really really interesting and this this could be like a lottery ticket hit if you can pick this guy up and he's all the start all of a sudden starts to get red hot it 's Trey Burton. Trey Burton has a great matchup versus Cincinnati. And um he already he's only played two weeks and he's corralled six targets and seven targets in the last two games. He was second in targets last week, um, with seven. He had T Y Hilton uh to compete with. He had ten targets, but against the Browns. But uh Phillip Rivers is starting to look to Trey Burton a lot now that uh, there's no one really else on that team to throw to. I mean, you have Zach Pascal, but how much do you trust Zach Paschal? Um, Mo Alley-Cox is hurt. He's been ruled out for this game. And to be honest with you, Jack Doyle stinks. I mean, I, you don't have to be a Colts fan to know that Jack Doyle is completely fantasy irrelevant and Jack Doyle stinks. So look for Trey Burton to... Uh, start to take the starting tight end role away from either of those two, being that he's like uh, a veteran compared to them and has the experience of, one, winning a Super Bowl and um, just being a reliable tight end in fantasy. So that does it for the Back of the Mind segment. And next we're going to be moving on the comeback players of the week, comeback season, and... That, we'll do it with that so get into that right now all right so to get into the comeback season if you're new here the comeback season is the guys that had a bad week last week or maybe a couple bad games um, but hopefully the next game is the one that really wrote not not rotates but flips their season turns it around Um Maybe not turns around, but like they bounce back, have a better game than they did previously. And I think this list is a lot of guys that have proven that they can, um, that they're really good in fantasy. Just they had a bad week last week, and with the matchups they have now, should be a lot better, um, this week going forward. So the quarterback I have on this list is maybe a little surprising but uh, I thought he was the best option for this category. It's Matt Ryan. Um, It seems to me Matt Ryan's a little bit matchup dependent being that the good games that he's had this year uh, were against Seattle and Dallas. And those were the first two games of the season. But after that, he's played Chicago, Green Bay, Carolina, all good teams against quarterbacks. So, a team like Minnesota might not be that good against Matt Ryan, so that's why I'm thinking you know, Matt Ryan might be a decent option this week, maybe for him to come back, have a decent game, and uh, re- really uh, switch up this season because the Falcons have just been abysmal this year, and it's really unfortunate because they have so much talent on offense, and their, their defense is just absolutely horrendous. But they have a new head coach, different feel. So you can maybe start to think that just because of that, they'll pro- they will might win their first game. Because look at Houston. Houston uh, played really well against Jacksonville last week, um, and they won their first game last week So once they fired Bill O'Brien. So that's kind of what my thinking is on that. And then the running back that I have on this list is James Robinson, we all know James Robinson's a stud and he just had a bad bad week against Houston like i mentioned the Jaguars really didn't do much but he plays Detroit this week who's 29th against the running back uh their offense their their defensive line is just absolutely atrocious and they just get run on all the time um but James Robinson leads running backs uh it's excuse me it's still the lead running back in Jacksonville, and he, uh, is a great passing back option. He averages a little less than five catches a game. Not to, that's just catches. Like that's not even just targets. He gets targeted a lot out of the backfield for Minshew. And so what I'm thinking is that game versus Houston was just a little fluke. He's a rookie undrafted running back. Um, So you can kind of expect games like this every once in a while, and I think that's just what that is. So I think a similar situation is to the next guy. Uh, Justin Jefferson is the wide receiver on this list. I think because he's uh, just not because he's a rookie, I guess that partially has something to do with it, but the fact that the conditions were not in his favor last week In Seattle, like I mentioned before, it was raining. Uh, The ball was very slippery, and they just relied on the running game a lot, whether it was with Cook or um, Madison. But they're playing Atlanta, who is 25th against the wide receiver, so a great matchup there. Uh, And it was mostly Adam Thielen doing all the work last week. He had a couple of touchdowns, a lot of yards, a couple catches. So... uh, Thielen is definitely the number one guy here, but the clear number two guy on this offense is Justin Jefferson. So I really wouldn't worry about it. He's a nice compliment to um, Adam Thielen, and if anything ever happens to Thielen, uh, Justin Jefferson immediately, his value goes skyrocketing. So uh, I expect Justin Jefferson to have a a definitely a bounce-back game to the four or five points that he put up last week. Um, especially if I'm playing, I might really need Justin Jackson to go off this week. And it would be nice to say. So, the final guy on this list is might be a little surprising. Just because, just because of how good he is, he doesn't really belong on this list. The tight end I have on this list is uh, George Kittle. Um, like I mentioned before, he just had a bad week last week. I mean, the whole 49ers team did. But especially when you lose your quarterback uh well, he didn't lose him, but clearly he really wasn't ready to come back um uh, from that ankle injury Garoppolo had so uh we're just, we're just gonna put that game behind him. I think everybody can agree with that, uh except for maybe dolphins fans, but that's nor here than nor there. Uh, it goes against the Rams, who's not great against the tight end, but they're not the absolute worst. They're 17th worst versus the tight end. And um, it sounds like Jimmy G is back and healthy along with the entire offense. Like Debo is probably going to be 100%. a 100%. He really wasn't ever hurt. But Mostert sounds like he's 100%. So it's it's looking like the whole team is coming back and it's looking mighty fine and san francisco against the rams so that does it for the comeback season players and finally i'm going to get into my dfs lineup for week six all right so the final segment of this show is me previewing my dfs lineups for week six didn't realize that You have to be 18 to play DFS. I thought you had to be 21 since it's like technically gambling, but whatever. I don't really care. I get to play fantasy football for money daily, um, weekly. So that's good. Um, so we're going to start this off. I don't really, I, I know what I'm doing, but I don't really understand the strategies or, um, like what you're supposed to do, like good tips. I'm basically doing this um, for the first time. I mean, I've done DFS before with my dad a couple of times. Like we have a tradition where every Thanksgiving we set a DFS lineup for the guys just playing on Thanksgiving, and we try and win money, but we never win any. But that's not bad. It's all about the fun. I've been doing that for a few years now that's always I always look forward to that. That's something that's really fun to do and it's just a nice way to um to bond, I guess, and just have something in common. So, I'm going to start off with um a little tip that I read about and just something I've always like been not really I've always been taught, but like something I've been told kind of recently when I started really getting into fantasy this this summer. Um is to consider the over and unders for the games. So, like, the point total over and under for, like, betting and what Las Vegas decides to set those at, definitely take a look at it because we'll just start with um, Minnesota and the Falcons. That's one of the higher predicted scoring games. And the over/under is fifty-four, so that that's the amount of total points that Vegas anticipates uh, these two these two teams scoring combined. So, like, they anticipate a a really high-scoring game compared to Denver and New England. Their over/under is forty-five and a half, meaning there that's going to be a pretty low-scoring game, or at least that's what Vegas predicts. So. With that in mind, the games that are supposed to be higher scoring look for, you want to think about like how that could happen. So like um, the Falcons could score a ton of points. And how do you think that could happen? It could happen one of four ways technically, a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, a defensive touchdown, or a special teams touchdown, or just the touchdowns. So one out of four you have a chance of getting a touchdown from but the most likely touchdowns in this game and especially being that um the special teams and defense of the falcons aren't any good and same can be said for minnesota it's going to be an offensive shootout so most likely you're going to get a lot of rushing touchdowns a lot of receiving touchdowns so you want to group guys that you want to that Match the over under that so, like, you won't. If you were going to have guys in games, you would probably want to have them from the Falcons, Minnesota, you want to have them from the Titans and Houston, um, the Bears game, and um, it's off the tip of my tongue, Carolina games like that, so. That's kind of what the mindset I use to go into this week just from past experience, but without further ado, I'll get into my lineup and I'll show on um, when I re- reveal it, I'll show you what I was thinking for the whole thing. So, my quarterback this is for DraftKings. I'm only doing DraftKings right now. I've been having a little bit of trouble with FanDuel, so I'm just doing DraftKings. So my quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. My two running backs are David Montgomery and Alexander Madison. My three wide receivers are A.J. Brown, Adam Thielen, and Preston Williams. And my tight end is Janu Smith. My flex is Miles Gaskin. And my defense is the Dolphins' defense. So kind of what I'm thinking here is when you pick your quarterback, you want to think about what are the possible outcomes of that quarterback scoring points touchdowns receiving tu- uh rushing touchdowns rushing yards passing yards so obviously the quarterback rushing for touchdowns and rushing for yards doesn't have any effect on anyone else but the passing touchdowns do so what you want to th- try and think about is what i did I grouped a few got a few targets for Ryan Tannehill and put them into my lineup. I put AJ Brown and Jonu Smith in there, so that when um, Ryan Tannehill throws a touchdown, it's pretty likely that either AJ Brown or Jonu Smith is going to catch it. So you basically stack the points, and especially in DFS when you can choose from anybody, that's such that's a great way to go about it because that just adds points too um your potential. So also I was thinking about like Alexander Madison being that now he's like the starting running back this week um and against the Falcons who are just absolutely horrendous and horrible and every bad word you want to conv- uh, claim the Falcons defense to be. I really like David Montgomery this week not just in DFS but in um season long teams. He is a great matchup this week versus Carolina and Carolina's defensive front just got even worse. They just lost K one short to, um, I believe it was a biceps injury and he's out for the year now. So that rushing defense just got even worse. And especially with the amount of volume that David Montgomery was getting recently, I expect a huge game from David Montgomery going into this week. Um, uh, uh, Adam Thielen, who is also coming off of a big game, um, playing the Falcons this week, playing the Seahawks last week, Uh, that's going to be like a a shootout, like I said. So it's pretty likely that Thielen's going to do well in this game uh, just based on the fact that these two teams uh, have powerful offenses and just absolutely horrendous defenses. So I like Adam Thielen in this game. And the three Dolphins that I have in this game. It's just the angry Jets fan in me in a little bit, just knowing how bad the Jets actually are compared to what, uh, the national D- DFS rankings are. I think the Jets are just an absolutely horrendous football team and they're going to get crushed against Miami this week. I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Tannehill throws for like three or four touchdowns and 300 yards, something like that. And especially with Joe Flacco starting, um, the only real threat in that offense is Jamison Crowder, but that defense is going to eat up and swallow the Jets whole. And you know what? If we're if the Jets are trying to tank for the number one pick, I really don't care. Whatever gets whatever gets Adam Gase fired quicker is something I am all for because. It's just a train wreck. So I really like Preston Williams, like I mentioned before. Uh, Miles Gaskin, who's really starting to become a, a pretty good running back in this league, separating himself from Matt Breida and Jordan Howard. And like I said, the Dolphins defense is playing a terrible Jets offense. Whether Darnold is playing or not, whether Joe Flacco is the quarterback or not, it doesn't matter. That offense is absolutely poorly run. And won't do anything versus any defense. So that's my DFS lineup. I'll go over it again just in case my talking made you forget. Ryan Tannehill, Alexander Madison, David Montgomery, A.J. Brown, Adam Thieland, Preston Williams, Jonu Smith, Miles Gaskin, and the Miami Dolphins defense. So that'll do it for my DFS lineup and... Next, I will get into wrapping up the show. So that will just about do it for the sixth episode of the NBN Fantasy Football Podcast. Like I mentioned all the time, if you're listening currently, if you stayed all this way, I really appreciate it. Um, Any listener, any way I can help you is okay with me. I really appreciate you staying for the whole time. really means a lot to me, Um, just trying to... Get better and better at this every week. That's the goal here. And also, if I can help a few people along the way, that's also supremely beneficial for me. Um, Like I mentioned in my motto, whatever I can do to help you win that fantasy football championship at the end of the year is something I'm willing to do. So that, that will do it for the sixth episode of the NBN pod. I will probably plan to release on Tuesday... Wrapping up week six, going over who to pick up in waivers and telling you how I did in DFS and my season long lineups. Hope I did well. I'm praying for you guys to do well. Um, and that'll just about do it. So that that's it. That'll do it. See you later, I guess. <laughs> and uh, I'll catch you all later. Time is over, before you know you're older So sober, alone. loner You getting my full shoulder You crying like it's rain You causing all the pain No culture, I'm colder You getting nothing, joker Get down